This is Dr. Chad Edwards, and you're listening to podcast number 64 of Against the Grain. What guy doesn't want to maximize their testosterone? Through using all natural and organic ingredients, men now have an option for a locally made paraben and sulfate-free shampoo, conditioner, and face wash. Not only does Dude's Manly products smell great, which drives ladies crazy, by the way, in a good way, they put a unique spin on their shampoo with it actually having a dark gray color because of the coconut shell charcoal that is used to remove the toxins. Dude can be purchased at the Tulsa Men's Shop and also online at www dudemanlystuff.com that's d-o-o-d manlystuff.com welcome to against the grain podcast with dr chad edwards where he challenges the status quo when it comes to medicine we get into hot topics in the medical field with real stories from real patients to help you on your way to a healthy lifestyle get ready because we're about to go go against the grain Hello, hello. This is Marshall Morris, and today I'm joined with Dr. Chad Edwards, who believes that 80% of medical recommendations are crap, technically speaking here. Um, He is a uh, certified family physician. Is it enough to just say certified? Do you got to say board certified? Well, that's kind of the, that's what it means. Yeah, I would, otherwise, it's to me saying certified, it's like, I've got my CPR card. <laughs> you, you have your CPR card. He does have that too, ladies and gentlemen, but he also served in the U.S. Army. He's the author of Revolutionize Your Health with Customized su- Supplements. Excuse me. The last word is supplements. Um, but uh, Dr. Edwards, welcome to this episode. How are you doing? I am fantastic. They, they, that's good to hear. Um, it's Friday. I'm ready for a weekend. Okay. All right. Well, I, I know that we meet here every week and we talk about uh, against the grain topics. And uh, we just got through, uh, you know, talking about in the last podcast, uh, low dose naltrexone. What are we getting into uh, today? So this this topic may not be quite as glamorous or sexy, but I think it's important. It's, it's important when you... When you start looking at one of the things that I've seen with the Affordable Care Act is that insurance rates have gone up, costs more to get insurance, your deductibles are higher. So, you know, for the average person, they end up spending more for their health care. And so then when they go to their doctor, they uh, they I've told this story before. There was a I had a nurse practitioner for a while and she was at a clinic here in town that was in network uh, before she came and worked with me again. So she was at this other clinic and had a patient that came to see her, came, came in for two visits and got an EKG and lab work. Each visit was about 30 minutes. So basically what we would do for the most part, on average, kind of what we would do in our clinic and her bill in network, her bill, what she had to pay out of pocket was $800. Wow. In our clinic, the same thing, EKG labs and and the uh, and the two office visits would have been 300 so we could have saved her almost the uh you know 70 percent uh, you know it would, have, it would have cost her 30 percent of what she had to pay i mean a big big difference or 40 percent, whatever those numbers are uh, so we can often save money because we're out of network we don't interact with insurance companies we don't deal with insurance companies we'll give you the paperwork and you can file on your own but um we can save patients a lot of money. And so it, this whole concept just results in a lot of questions for people. You know, 10 years ago, you just went to your doctor, you gave me your insurance card, stuff was, you know, it was what it was, and you might get a little bill, you know, later on. Uh, now that that's not the same thing. And I've, I've seen that change more and more and more the further we've gone through the Affordable Care Act. 
uh, and there's just been a lot of fallout with that. And it seems like it's costing people more and more money. And we've talked about this before, especially early in the uh, our early episodes in the podcast. And so a lot of those questions, I want to address some of them uh, today, specifically, you know, when when uh, when patients come in and they're asking us, how can you save me money on uh, on health care? And I say, I'll just let them know. First of all, you're going to know exactly what you need to pay when you do it. There's there's nothing uh, behind the scenes. There's nothing later. There's no I call them ninja bills. No, nothing lingering. Exactly. OK. And, you know, part of my problem with that is, you know, obviously I work in the emergency room and, and we'll get patients that come in and they uh, I remember specifically we had a patient that came in that was exposed, had a had a dog bite for a dog that we didn't know about. And the um, the patient didn't. We knew the patient didn't have insurance. And in the emergency department, it's not a good thing. Uh, I don't. That's I don't make decisions based on whether or not they have insurance. So I'd rather just not know at all. Um, and because you don't want anything cl- coloring that, you make the absolute best medical decision you can based on the information, uh, the medical information. So this patient was exposed to or had a had a dog bite. We've talked about this on a podcast before, um, and the uh, the rabies shots were going to cost tens of thousands of dollars and so the question was are we going to give this medication that's tens of thousands of dollars and knowingly give that patient a tens of thousands of dollars bill when we know they don't have insurance and you know i i looked at the the nurses i think it was my uh, my nurse practitioner that was seeing the patient and i just said do we do we ask this question about anybody else they're like no and i was like then we're doing it. That, that's what we have to do. We have to stay objective. The problem is, is that this patient's going to get a bill for tens of thousands of dollars for rabies, which is arguably a relatively low risk based on his injury. But if you miss it, it's fatal. So we have to make a good medical decision. And what frustrates me is that thing. We don't know how much it's going to cost. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. The patient is never given the opportunity. Yes, I want that. No, I don't. And I don't want to take that information in the emergency room because I know what he's going to say. No, I don't want a $20,000 bill. But some patients don't understand the, the, uh, the medical implications well enough to make a, an accurate decision. I mean, it's, just, it, it's a bad, bad position. And I, I, I don't like that at all. So in my clinic, everything is up front. You know how much it's going to cost before we do it. So you have the opportunity, uh, you know, Marshall, you need EKG. It's going to cost 25 bucks. Do you want to do that or not? And, you know, our, I strongly recommend that you get an EKG. You can decide to not do it. Now, the cool thing is, is we've got options. I can send you to your in-network physician and you'll be able to save money. Problem is, is what's going to happen is you go in and you pay your copay. And then, you know, two, three months later, you're going to get a bill for five times more than I would have charged you in cash in my clinic. So mm-hmm. uh, it's... But I mean, we're there to do the best job we can for patients. We're just upfront about how much those things cost. So uh, when it comes to the labs, that's like a, a big issue. And we can often patient, save patients a lot of money. What, what would be a couple examples of labs that you might run? Well, we've got an extensive panel. I call it my full panel lab assessment. Uh, and it depends on what's going on with the patient. Uh, but, you know, a complete blood count, chemistries, inflammatory markers, lipids, lipid uh, particle testing, uh, CRP, phospholipase A2, vitamin D levels, 
uh, a full hormone panel, a full thyroid panel, uh, diabetes prevention and management panel, which has 19 different tests looking at how your body processes uh, blood sugar and insulin, looking at risk for diabetes, looking at insulin resistance, uh, looking at some metabolic markers. Uh, we often look at uh, celiac, or I should say uh, gluten sensitivity, antibodies. Uh, we look at, uh, there, there, it's, it's an extensive lab assessment because we're trying to identify why these patients don't feel well and is there a potential for uh, for any conditions that would show up later on down the road we want to be as proactive as we can so the uh, you know the patients will come in and and they'll they'll feel bad we'll say we're going to get a bunch of labs and the labs it the the we don't charge for those labs if if they've got insurance we don't charge for that the lab will bill the insurance company. So we do collect their insurance card and uh, we send that information to the lab. The lab will then bill the insurance company based on, uh, you know, uh, everything that's been sent to them. And this is where it gets a little bit sticky. Uh, you know, six months ago, the patient would never get a bill for that. Um, you know, maybe a, a year ago, depending on the lab, they would never get a bill because of the way the lab worked. Many patients say, well, how in the world can they do this? And some, it, it all depends on the insurance reimbursement. Some, you know, like for example, I don't remember the exact number, but I'm going to, it'll be close. Medicare, for example, if you get a complete blood count, CBC, standard CBC, uh, I think Medicare reimburses like $7 and 50 cents. Uh, so the lab is going to get paid from Medicare $7 and 50 cents to run that lab. Well, the cost on the lab based on volume um, you know if, if they're doing a ton of them you know the costs go down a little bit but you're looking at a couple of bucks maybe uh, for them to run that lab so they've got a five dollar uh, flex you know or profit margin um, you know for for that lab and of course they've got to cover their overhead they got to cover personnel and so their cost is actually gonna be a little bit higher than that but uh, it's I mean you're you're profiting a little bit or you're making money off of a complete blood count. Now, some insurances might pay 17 or $18 for a complete blood count. So then you make a lot more money from that one lab. But you don't know until you get the, the, the reimbursement from the insurance company. That's exactly right. And the other thing is this, and I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but if you're out of network, if you're in network, usually they, the insurance company will let you know what they're in network reimbursement rate is. And the difference in in-network and out-of-network is that the an in-network uh, provider, clinic, lab, radiology, whatever, they have signed a contract with that insurance company that says that they agree to, ex to their, uh, their, their payment rates. And let's say I charge $100 for a lab. Now, the insurance company may say, we're only paying $50. $50. That's what we pay for for that lab, and so then if I'm if I as the lab am in network with that insurance company, I may typically bill a hundred dollars, and I can make up whatever I want. I can bill five thousand. I mean, it's you know you can bill whatever you want. It's like the pharmaceutical companies that are now increasing their rates dramatically on drugs that have been out for fifty years just because they can. It, I mean, it's, it's asinine what they're doing. They're raping the American public. Um, and yes, I said they're raping. It's ridiculous and criminal, and they should never be allowed to get away with it, but they are. Um, and I'm a capitalist, so I mean, I support their ability to do that. I don't support them doing it. 
<laughs> maybe that's a paradox. I don't know, but it is what it is. So, um, but since you're in network, you agree that you're only, you're going to accept what the insurance company pays. That's that's the contractual obligation, uh, that, or that, that le- that's the legal thing. Where you do this service, we're going to pay you this amount. Doesn't matter what you charge, you're going to accept this. Now, if the insurance company is going to pay fifty, but you only charge thirty, guess what? You only get thirty dollars. So you want to charge? I mean, it's just it's just the business of it. You want to charge as much as you can to get as much as you can. I mean, it's that's the American way, sort of, um, sort of. But since since the consumer, the patient, is out of the loop on that whole thing, they get no say in. You don't shop around. You don't find the best rate you can. You don't. There's there's none of that. So you lose this whole uh, competitive advantage. You now it's the good old boy system, which uh, it's it, it's ridiculous, in my opinion. So if you're out of network, the lab the insurance company will not tell you what they pay for lab X. So again, you may you know if you charge a hundred dollars and you got a check for a hundred dollars then they clearly would have paid more. So you charge 150. And if you get a check for 150, then 175. And now you get a check for $162. Okay, now you've seen what they'll pay. Because you don't know, you tend to raise your rates. Now, the reason that I would even say, yeah, you should raise your rates is because that insurance company, since you don't know what they're going to cover, uh, and you don't know how much they're going to cover, you might do a test. Uh, you might do two tests. Both of them cost $50. And you bill $100 for each of them. Test one, test two. And insurance, you know, the insurance plan may pay, um, you know, 90% or 100% of test one. And so they actually reimburse you know, $99, $100, whatever. Um, but no more. And so you've made $50 profit on that test. But test two, it costs you $50 to run it, but you may only get reimbursed $5 from that insurance plan. So in theory, you've lost $45, but because you made $50 in the other one, the net gain from those two tests is $5. Not a wide profit margin, but you've covered your cost and you've made a profit. And so that that's the deal. Since you don't know how much you're going to get based on each insurance company, they it, it's, it becomes a monopoly money game. It's just this you know arbitrary, okay, we're going to charge $5,000 for you know, this widget and it costs you 10 bucks and you know, the insurance company is only going to pay what they're going to pay. So, you know, you accept that. And uh, again, when you're in network, you, uh, you have this contractual obligation. When you're out of network, you bill whatever you deem as appropriate insurance pays what they deem appropriate. And then you can bill the patient, whatever you want with some insurance companies, they require the lab to bill the patient for anything that they don't cover. And so this is this is kind of the quandary or how it gets a little bit mixy for some patients and why there's some concern about this. So um, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and close the loop on on, uh, on why they do that and what does that mean to the patient and why is this scary and what can we do about it? Let's take a quick break. Are you tired and fatigued? Are you frustrated with doctors because they just don't seem to listen? Do you want to fix your pain without surgery? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then we are the clinic for you. We offer prolotherapy, PRP or platelet-rich plasma therapy, and stem cell injections, IV nutritional therapies, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, and functional medicine to get you back on track to optimal health. 
Call our clinic at 918-935-3636 or visit our website at www.revolutionhealth.org to schedule your appointment today. Okay, we are back with Dr. Chad Edwards, and we are getting into uh, a little bit about insurance and billing and uh, the labs and how labs charge the insurance companies. And we're, we're really uh, working through this and understanding better a little bit about why sometimes you get a bill, why sometimes you don't get a bill, why insurance companies only reimburse so much, why it's not the same across the board. It goes on and on, and it's a very complicated issue, and Dr. Edwards is helping us understand it a little bit better. Um, Dr. Edwards, before the break, we were talking about why it gets a little bit scary Okay. Yeah. For for uh, for a patient, as yeah. they're kind of maybe awaiting a bill, but they don't know if they're going to get a bill. Uh, can you can you walk us through that? Sure. So first, you know, a year ago, uh, one of the labs that I was using would file insurance, and they got paid what they got paid, and then they would write everything else off. And there are some patients that we knew that their insurance company wouldn't, you know, like an HMO, for example, they're not going to cover this lab because it's out of network. They're, they're just not going to cover it. There's no way. But the lab would go ahead and run the, um, the labs for that patient. And they do it because they can't, the physician can't sit there and determine, okay, this insurance company, we can run this lab, this insurance company, we can't. I mean, it's, there are too many things for the clinic to think about other than, which, which lab can I send which patient to who? It, it just gets way too complicated. So again, because, you know, that the, the example that we used before the break, the test one, test two, $100, $50, all that thing, $5 profit for the, for the net, they know based on, you know, years and, and hundreds of thousands or millions of tests what their profit margin is and you know, based on the current reimbursement. And so they know that if they're making, uh, you know, a 80% profit, they can run eight tests, uh, kind of pro bono, sort of. And since they don't, you don't ever want the physician wondering, can, can this patient use my lab or not? I, I want, as the lab, I want the physician to say, send me all of your stuff if I can afford to do it. Because they'll send me the ones that the insurance plans pay well, but they're going to send me the ones that they pay bad, but I know, or, or they don't pay at all. But I know that across the board, I'm going to get enough of the ones that pay well that I can still make a profit and I can still do well. And they've done the numbers on it. They've run, they, they know their business model. They want that physician sending them the, the insurance plans that pay well. And in order to do that, they take a hit on the ones that don't. So that's just kind of the general concept of that. So the patient uh, may get often they'll get what's called an explanation of benefits. And, you know, so like a year ago, I would, if you came in to see me, got your lab, send it off, you would never get a bill, but you would get something from the insurance company that says this is an explanation of benefits. So it says that we, we performed this test and we usually have a procedure code. Um, you know, it's normally for a procedure code, it's like five letters, one, two, three, four, five. Um, and that goes along with the, uh, a complete blood count, for example. And, uh, then it'll say your the the lab billed us fifty two dollars. We'll authorize sixteen fifty two, and so the difference is X. And especially if you're out of network, uh, then the lab has the right to bill you for that difference because there's no agreement that says that they'll accept what the insurance pays. 
So the insurance is going to pay, you may have to pay the difference. And so that explanation of benefits at the end of that thing, it'll say amount you may owe your provider or your lab. And it might say like $3,000 or $5,000. But again, we're talking about monopoly money. This is just the insurance company saying they billed us this, we paid this, that's the difference, you may have to pay it. That's all that is. It's not a bill. It's not telling you you're going to have to pay it. It's none of those things. It's just a communication between the lab and the insurance company and then ultimately to the patient for what the insurance company paid and what they may have to pay because of the labs. But many labs do not bill the patients. Now, that resulted in some problems uh, because when you're in network, the insurance company can require, you know, based on the contract, they can require the lab to bill the patient. And many of them do because they, they don't think it's right that, and uh, I guess I get it, uh, that uh, the patient, it's just the insurance that the company that has the, uh, the skin in the game, so to speak. Well, the patient has to pay too. Um, so um, they will, based on the contract, they'll require the lab to bill the patient. So uh, on some of them, not all of them. And, w and in my clinic, we don't have any idea who's going to get a bill and who's not. Uh, it's not, we're not in the loop on that. I don't know. So we just let them know that you may or may not get a bill. The lab is required by the contract to, according to the, the parameters of the contract, required to bill the patient. So some of our patients will get a bill from the lab and it will be the amount that they billed insurance minus what insurance paid. Or, uh, it, you know, it might be, um, the, um, you know, we're not covering test X. So the patient may have to pay a hundred percent of what was billed for test X or they, you know, they'll, they'll bill them for that. So then you'll get a bill from the lab for all of those things. Now the contract says that the lab has to make a reasonable effort to bill the patient. And that's, you know, different, different insurance companies, you know, will stipulate different levels. So, most of the time it's either one, two or three bills, or it might be a couple of phone calls or, you know, depending on the, on what the contracts say. Um, but one, two or three bills that the patient may get, and it'll be a standard bill. You owe us, you know, $1,500 or $5 or $5,000. Now, so a lot of our patients will get freaked out by that. And it goes against what we talked about earlier about knowing what you're going to pay right up front. The difference is, is the, is the lab going to require you to pay that bill are they going to send you to collections are is this going to go against your credit the insurance company does not stipulate that at all they talk about billing they don't talk about collections so the many labs i mean across them I mean, there's there's hundreds of them uh, some of them will require the uh, the patient to pay the bill the lab itself, not the insurance company. Some of them will require the patient to pay the bill and they'll send them to collections if they don't. Often these are I mean, some of the bigger labs that are out there. I don't work with them and I'll, they'll go nameless, but you know, they're, they're big, well-known uh, well labs. Uh, in fact, one of them, if I were to send you to this lab for a complete blood count, it's $35. You know, where if you come into my clinic and you pay cash for a complete blood count, I use a different lab and if you don't have insurance, I don't remember the exact price. I think it's like $7.50. So 
So we're talking almost a $30 difference. It's a $28 difference on one simple lab, $28. Now, if your insurance company uh, doesn't cover the CBC, you're going to get stuck for $35. Or if you had come to me, it would have saved you $28 out of, out of network. You can go get a greasy burger with that $28. You can, you can darn near get a, like a nice steak for, okay, that's <laughs> for true. $28. Um, anyway, um, but the, uh, so ultimately the question then is, is the lab going to send you to collections? Are they going to report this to your credit? And many labs, independent of whether or not I work with them, many labs do not do that. They don't have, it may cost them more money to collect it than it does to just write it off. I'm not, I don't get in the middle of how their business models work. That's just how a lot of them do. They'll just write it off um, and not worry about it. And there's a lot of people that, you know, you, you try to collect them. I mean, if you have a, a, most hospitals, if you have a bill, if you go in and say, I'll pay you a dollar a month, most hospitals are like, oh, we'll take it because <laughs> uh, you're, you're making an effort. You know, you pay a dollar a month for the rest of your life. And I mean, how, how much is that going to be, you know? Um, so it ultimately it's, is the lab going to require um, require you to pay by sending you collections or sending you to um, or or reporting it to your credit? And many of them do not. So it's you know what what you do with that it's up to you. Uh, but there's a big difference. Yeah, and so that that helps everybody understand a little bit more about that landscape and that environment and what that process of what goes on with billing. That's not to say that just go in expecting not to ever pay for the lab because sure. should that go to a collections that's going against your credit that's a real thing yeah exactly and so but with some patients they might be worried hey am i getting a bill i got this thing from my insurance company and it said you know x amount of dollars and you know it's a huge scary number you know the lab might not be billing you for that in the first place do that's, I understand? That's correct. Do that's I correct. understand that correctly? Okay. So, what else am I missing here as part of this this concept and this uh, this topic here? Well, this this concept and this topic applies to more than just lab. This mm -hmm. applies to you know any clinic, any anybody that provides a medical service and they bill insurance. Uh, this dynamic uh, is is across the board, and so you know the, what we didn't talk about are copays, and so if you have you know, many of them will have like an 80, 20. And so if you bill insurance, you know, for a hundred dollars and you have an, an, uh, a 20% copay, uh, or I should say a co-insurance, then you have to pay 20% of that bill and the insurance company will pay 80%. Some it's 50, 50, you know, you just, you don't know. Uh, well, I mean the, the people should know based on their insurance plan, but there's a lot of different ones. Uh, so it, there's no way to predict how much is this going to cost? Ultimately, how much is that lab worth to you? And some labs, I know if you get a bill for a thousand dollars and you say, you call them and say, I can't pay it. A lot of times the next question is how much can you pay? And if you said 10 bucks, they'll be like, okay, we'll take 10 bucks. I mean, I've, I've seen that before. I'm not encouraging people to pay $10 for a thousand dollars of labs, but that I've seen that happen before. Uh, so, you know, what, what is it worth to you? I mean, the, the lab is in company in business to make money and provide a service. I want to support that as much as we can. Uh, at the same time, we want to save patients as much as we can and uh, as, save them as much money as we can. And 
across the board, our labs are the most cost effective that I have seen. I do the best I can to make sure that the patient gets great value at the lowest cost with the highest quality. And so I, you just got, you kind of wrapped up with this, but but break down for me just briefly as we're finishing up here. How does Revolution Health do it a little bit differently? Well, because number one, you're going to know what you're going to have to pay right up front. Okay. We, we tell you what the what the prices are right up front. When it comes to the labs, um, it, it's impossible to say how much the bill is going to be, uh, but that's between you and the insurance company. And I do not utilize labs, at least I have not to date, utilize labs that send patients to collections because you don't know how much that's going to be. And I don't want to set a patient up for failure. And so you're, you know how much the lab is going to be, but you don't know how much the insurance company is going to reimburse for. That's exactly is, right. Is what you're saying. That's exactly right. I got you. Okay. Well, this has been eye opening. I've learned a ton on this uh, particular podcast episode and I really appreciate you walking uh, myself and all the other listeners through this. I appreciate it a lot, Dr. Edwards. Well, of course, it's again, it's not a very sexy topic. It's not, you know, one that's that's a lot of fun, but I think the mechanics are important. And I think, you know, for people that come to our clinic or really any clinic, on a functional medicine realm, out of network, in network, and just that whole insurance thing, I think uh, I think this information is important. So, all right. Until the next time that we get to talk to you, we'll talk, we'll see you later. Talk to you later. All the above. All the above. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast with Dr. Chad Edwards. Tune in next week where we'll be going against the grain.